And just as you turn to this passage, I am going to be speaking just on the subject of fathering today. And I've entitled the message, And They Call You Father. And I wonder what emotions are invoked within you when you hear this topic, and they call you Father. Uh, it's an amazing privilege, I think, and that's the first emotion that just rises up within my spirit when I hear this phrase, and they call you Father. When your children come to you and they call you Father, uh, what happens in your heart? Uh, we were having dinner with one of our friends the other day, and we were with Ken, one of our elders, and his younger daughter, youngest daughter just walked up to him and she said, Daddy. And the moment when she said, Daddy, something just leaped within my heart. And it is something I think God has placed within the hearts of parents when they address us. And uh, there is this godly image that God has created within us that just really causes us to be emotional or to respond in certain ways. And um, I think it is exactly the same when we come to our Heavenly Father and we come to Him and we say, Father. Or as we see in the New Testament where the Bible refers to Him as Abba, which is Daddy. Very, very personal. And I must say that day when um, Ken's youngest daughter called him Daddy, uh, something just leaped within my spirit. And so, as you sit there as parents, um, and when your children addresses you, never get tired of the word mother, father, daddy, mom. I think it is incredibly special. And so, I would like us to read Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 31, and explore the topic as we look at fathering, and they call you father. And because it is Father's Day today, I'm going to address fathers, but I could, might as well just address parents. And if you are not a parent, there are some principles here that's directly applicable to your life in relation to your father or in relation to your heavenly father, which is so important because we get our fathering from the people who father us, our earthly fathers. But I must be honest with you, I think my fathering um, has been hugely influenced by the way that my heavenly father also fathers me. And so if you're not a father or a mother, um, it's still very applicable to you. So let's read from Luke chapter 15, 11 to 31. Long passage of scripture, but a very, very important passage for us this morning. And so the scripture says in verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together, all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. 
long to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you and heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to him, Servant, quick, servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he is he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. What an incredible passage of scripture. And of course, this is the picture of our heavenly father and his incredible love for us. He, like you and I, are a parent. And um, this morning, when we look at fathering, it is probably one of the more vulnerable messages that um, I can speak about, because I'm a father of two sons. Ryan's 24, Chris is 22, and I must say the first moment when my firstborn was born, I had the emotion that I thought I would never experience again. It was awesome. It was a holy moment. It was like, wow, wow. You know, it was like that first um, moment I saw Jenny walking down the aisle that day when I married her almost 27 years ago. And uh, when she came up, I met her halfway to the aisle and she took my arm and walked up to the altar with me. Her father had passed away just something like a year before. And I remember that moment, it was one of those wow moments. But I must say also when my first son was born, it was one of those wow moments. And then Jen fell Chris, uh, pregnant with Chris and I thought, wow, could anything have been better than these previous two? And I remember 
when Christopher was born. And it was like, wow, could anything be better than that? You know, it, 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 it's, I think for a father, these are incredible moments. And the amazing thing is they are repeated because God has placed something within our hearts to be fathers. And of course, ladies, in case you just feel a little bit left out, mothers too. But I, when I look at the whole subject of fathering, and as I was preparing, I thought, what would fathers think about this topic? What emotions would well up within them when I announce the topic and say that they call you father? I think that there are a number of different emotions that dwell up within our hearts. For some of us, it is an emotion of tremendous pride and privilege. And so it should be. For some of us, it is the emotion of unfulfilled expectations. And there's an attitude of sadness within our hearts. For others, there is the emotion of guilt. Maybe not being at home as fathers as often as you want to. Maybe you've done things that you feel was harmful to your children. But there are a whole lot of different emotions that come through when we think of ourselves as fathers. This is the principle that is very important for me today and that I really want to highlight for us. I want to say to you as fathers that you are champions within this world. God in his great wisdom has seen fit to make a father if you have children. God in his great wisdom has decided to entrust children with you because he believes in you. Fathers are an absolute necessity within the home and within the world. Your value is huge in the parenting of your children. Jesus is the cornerstone, but I almost want to say that you are the smaller cornerstone within your home. And so God looks at fathers with such compassion and with such tenderness because he is one. You may say to me today, Piet, but I have messed up. My children aren't responding quite the way I want them to. Well, do you know what? God, our Father, has many rebellious children running around. Doesn't that comfort you a little bit? He's the perfect Father, and yet he has children who have gone off and who are not model sons and daughters. And so today, I want to put courage within your hearts to be a father. I'm privileged to have two sons that I'm fathering. One 24 and the other one is 22. And um, I did something that I've never done before, but I thought I would interview my 24-year-old about my fathering. Now, parents, if you decide to do that, 
put on your seatbelts. Be ready for a rough ride. <laughs> but you know what? I did it in a sense, and I thought, you know, if I'm going to speak on fathering, you know, I want to do it with integrity. And I sat down with my, uh, with my son. Well, sometimes they want to be our fathers, that's right. But I sat down with my son, and um, I warned him beforehand, sent him a message, and I called him on Friday as I was preparing, and I'd actually finished my message to some degree. And I just said to him, Ryan, I know that this is quite a difficult thing to ask you, but I want you to be honest today. Because I said, I want to be able to speak on fathering with integrity on Sunday. And for about 45 minutes, in a sense, I interviewed my son about how I fathered him from when he can remember up to this point. And it was a very vulnerable moment. And I must say, Ryan was incredibly gracious to me. Um, and yet, we could have an honest and a very helpful discussion about how I fathered him and um, how he had received my fathering. You know, we talked about things like, um, what have I done poorly and what have I done well? And um, how does he see me, more importantly, up to this day? What is his view of me as his father. And so some of the things that I'm saying this morning comes out of that conversation. But what I must say is that I was nervous when I spoke to my son because I think many of us as fathers, we feel that we haven't done the best job that we can. We feel that there are gaps within our fathering. There are things that we feel guilty about and we always feel that we can do better. And I think if we don't feel that way as fathers, then we're probably not doing our job properly. I really love what Teddy Roosevelt said. He said, it is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with the cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat. This is fathering or parenting within a nutshell. And if you ask parents who have gone some ways in parenting, most of them would say to you that this is part of where we live. Young parents may feel that they have achieved greatly already, but my friends, that's where humility comes in. Because parenting our children really is never over.
even when they leave the home. Some have said that as our children become older and bigger, the problems just become bigger. Well, I must say for Jen and I, um, our sons have been a delight to us. We've had some challenges like many, um, but it has been our desire and privilege to journey with them through these challenges. And we see a wonderful example in Luke chapter 15 of a father who journeyed with his sons. And excuse me that it's not two daughters, but it is two sons. So I'm referring to two sons here. And he journeys with his two sons through life. And it doesn't tell us how long this journey took at this stage when we read the scripture, but it was a journey. And we do see that this father was a Jewish father and that this father, this Jewish father, would have taught his children the truth. And so it's important as fathers that we teach our children the truth. And um, it is also very, very important to understand that every father should remember one day his son will follow his example, not necessarily his advice. And so we see here that even though this father knew that, a Jewish father, and he taught him truth, he knew that his children would probably follow his example more than the words that he says. At one point within my interview with Ryan, I asked him the question, I said, you know, Ryan, you grew up in a pastor's home, and oftentimes pastor's children are labeled as rebellious because of the way that pastors sometimes father them for their own reputation's sake. I just said to him, Ryan, as a father, did I say one thing and then live in another way? I won't tell you what his response was. <laughs> but those are the type of questions that's important to me as a father and one that I've lived with since my sons were born, since Ryan was born and Chris after that, was am I the type of man who says one thing and then does another. My friends, I do believe that as parents, we can't just tell our children what to do. And yet it is our responsibility too. But we need to back it up with a lifestyle that honors God as he gives us great strength and the ability to father our children. We've got to teach them truth. Each child is such an individual, and we see that that is the next truth. You're not only did the father teach them, but he understood that their children were individuals. The younger son came to his father and said to him, Father, give me my portion of the inheritance. I want to leave. Um, biblical times. The younger son in this case, because there were two children, would get a third of the inheritance, and the oldest son would get two-thirds. That's the way it worked. It wasn't a fair split. The oldest son always got more. And yet we see here that the father looked at his younger son, and he gave him half of the inheritance. Isn't that interesting? 
a very important truth in fathering is this. We need a father with discernment. That's very important, but I'll go back to a point before that. You know, the, we need a father, the children that God gave us. And this is what this man does. When he spoke truth to them, he fathered the children that God gave them. My friends, the children that you have at the moment is, are the children that God gave you. And we see that this man did it so well. He fathered the children that God gave him. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Children are a gift from the Lord, offspring and a reward from Him. And so we've got to father the kids that God gave us. We can't wish for other kids. We can't look at another man's kids and say, I wish I had those kids to father. No, we father the kids that God gave us because they're gifts. And as a result, when we do that, we can father with discernment, but stick to our values. You see, this father understood the law, but he looked at his son and he discerned within his heart what was best for the younger son. And he kind of broke the rules by discerning what this son needed. He gave him half of the inheritance and said, go. And so my friends, I think as fathers, you know, um, we need to discern what is best for our children. And we see that our Heavenly Father even does it with us. He broke the rules. <laughs> but this is my caution for fathers. If you break the rules, make sure that you don't compromise your values. There's the difference. What are your values? Make sure that they're godly. If you break the rules when you parent your children, make sure that you use discernment. One child is different from the other. You can't parent the one son like the other. Both Ryan and Chris are so different from each other, different personalities, different directions that they're walking in. The way that I parent Ryan is different from the way that I parent Chris. Some parent says, well, what I've given to this son, I must give to that son. Well, we just see here that the perfect father broke that rule. But don't break rules because you're not courageous enough to stand up for godliness. Godliness is a value within our lives that we parent with. My friends, I love the way that this father in Luke chapter 15 went about in parenting his child and his children, you'll see that this heavenly father, as his son asked him for his portion and to leave, he didn't stand in his way, but he let him go. <laughs> we need to father by believing that God has a good plan for your children. 
We've got to father with faith and with purpose. My friends, don't father in a square box of rules because rules will limit your children to what you want to have for them, but not what God would want to have for them. I know my parents, when they fathered me, brought us up well, and um, they were strong on rules, but at the age of 17 and a half, I decided that I wanted to go to America and to go pursue my dream to go and study in a college there. And um, I know my mom and my dad. It was so difficult for them to let me go. But they were wise enough to understand that part of parenting is to release. And that's sometimes the hardest thing to do. And I know for you as smaller children, uh, you're not even thinking about that now. But there comes the time when you just need to release your children. But when you do that releasing, you do it. Even as they go believing that God has a good plan for your children. This father, as his young, younger son left, knew that God had a good plan for his children. And for this younger son went out and his lifestyle wasn't one that brought great honor to his father. But you will see within the passage of scripture that his father went out daily, often, maybe it's more correct, in hope that his son would return. Why? Because he believed that God had a good plan for his children. Father with faith and father with purpose. Oftentimes, through our children, God still parents you and I as fathers and as mothers. David Gottesman says, fathers like mothers are not born. Men grow into fathers. And fathering is a very important stage within their development. And so it's very good for us to look at our children and even though we call for adjustments within their lives, my friends, part of fathering is God developing us. I remember I was quite arrogant as a young father. I believed I knew everything. And now, at this age, I realize how much I didn't know and how little I knew. But how God has shaped my character through my children. But my friends, that happens when we parent by having faith within our hearts and knowing that God has a purpose for our children. I want to ask you at this point, what are your dreams for your children? Do you know what? Your heavenly father actually has greater dreams for your children than what you and I have. So don't box them in by your dreams. One of the questions I asked my son, Ryan, I said, you know, have I at any time Lift my dream through you because that's important. That's a great question to ask because many parents try to live their dreams through their children, particularly fathers with sons. And my son said to me, Dad, 
I've never felt that way. He says, but what you have done is throughout my 24 years, you have opened up doors for me to pursue what I wanted to. And I believe that's a case of fathering with faith and believing that God has a purpose for my son and for my sons. I can't stress this point enough because that takes care of so much of the legalistic rules that we put into place that actually doesn't help. I asked my son again. I said to him, Ryan, through me being a pastor, being in a church, have I ever put too much rules on you or not enough rules? <laughs> because that's the problem. We very seldomly find the balance, and maybe that would be one of my regrets with my children, is that I do not always know whether I'm being too strict or not strict enough. And in his own words, he said, Dad, if you were any more stricter with me, he said, I probably would have rebelled more. <laughs> Loved his honesty. And he said, no. And at times, you were pretty strong with me. And he's quite a strong personality. He's very independent. And I'm quite strong. And like I said, at the age of 15, I left. So I was quite independent too. And we don't always see ourselves within some of the choices our children make. But I could see it. But genuinely, where my two sons are at today, it really is my dream that they would walk in the dreams that my Heavenly Father has for them. I, as a man, want to be a man, a parent of faith. That means I lean on God for my parenting. And I want to be a parent who is full of faith, believing in the futures that God has for my son, and wanting to play a small part so that God can even play a bigger part within their lives. I'm just going to close with this little bit of advice and then one quote from Ryan. Parents, fathers, you are champions, as I said. The world minimizes men and the world mocks fathering when it comes to men. But you need to know that God has a high estimate of you. Expect failures but never give in to defeat when it comes to your parenting. I know I've been a failure at times with my children. I know that. Because I've had to learn to be a parent, and I'm still learning. There's no manual, really, apart from the Word of God who gives us principles. But expect failures, but never give in to defeat with your children. If you think you're not bringing your children through, there's many, many reasons why there's failure and where we experience failure with our children and with ourselves, but never give in to defeat. Parent 
in faith and parent with faith. And God will come in and he will make the crooked ways straight for your children. So men, let's be courageous together. Let's parent our children together. And it was interesting. At the end of my interview with Ryan, I asked him, Ryan, what are some of the biggest mistakes that I've made with him parenting you? <laughs> That's a tough question to ask our children. And, and he just looked at me and he smiled. And he says, Dad, I don't think you've made any big mistakes with me. He was serious. Don't think you And then a smile came onto his mouth and he can be quite cheeky at times. Don't know where he gets that from, from me or his mother. But he says, Dad, I think the biggest mistake that you have made in your parenting is not taking me for surfing lessons when I was young. <laughs> of course, many of you would know that he's a professional sportsman, plays cricket and all of those type of things. And he said, you can tell the people that. <laughs> and so what I'm saying to you is, let's be courageous in our parenting and very, very importantly, let's keep a healthy sense of humor as parents. Because those two things will stand us in good stead. The end of the story is that when the son came back, the father was generous in his love with his child. And so let's be generous in our love with our children, whether they're home or whether they return. And let's trust God for our children. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, we want our parenting to be gospel-centered. Because the gospel is the power unto our salvation for our children and for us. And so, Lord, as we bow our heads before you, the great parent, the incredible father, we ask that through Jesus that you would help us to forgive our children for the mistakes that they make. But also, Father, for you to give us enough grace to help us to forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we do make. And we bring this before you today. In Jesus' name, amen.